listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome, my name, everyone. Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome, my name, to episode number 198, SSW celebrated 20 years of wrestling entertainment in Kenosha, Windy City Slam was there for the action, and we have friend of the show, the punk rock prince Jordan Cross, joining us to talk about it. Vic Capri had quite the weekend, and we'll talk about what he did at CSW and SSW. We'll also look back at AEW Full Gear, and ahead to WWE Survivor Series this weekend at Allstate Arena in suburban Chicago in Rosemont. Plus, we welcome, for the first time, a wrestler who has been making noise in the Chicagoland area and Northeast Illinois. He's a regular at AAW Pro and Dreamwave, Mike Hartenbauer. You can catch all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. It's your boy, FTC Frank the Clown here, and you are listening or doing something with your ears to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Frank the Clown's been a guest a couple of times. Will I be a guest again? Well, I don't know. Get the check ready, Mike. (laughs) Attention! Windy City Slam is looking for a few good tag team partners to advertise on Windy City Slam Podcast and WindyCitySlam.com. Get your product or service notice with pro wrestling fans. Affordable rates that fit your budget. Message us on Facebook, X, or Instagram, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Hey, this is Trevor Outlaw, but you bozos can address me as you are rudely, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast, and you can check it out every Tuesday. Oh, wait, I've been on this like five times. I should know this by now. Either way, not getting paid enough for this. Windy City Slam podcast. Check it out on Tuesdays, and you never know when Trevor Outlaw is going to be back. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast. This past Saturday night, November the 18th, AEW presented full gear at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles. And on the pre-show for the ROH World Tech Team Championship, MJF and surrogate partner Samoa Joe, subbing for Adam Cole, baby, defeated the guns of Austin and Colton Gunn to retain the ROH Tag Team Championships for MJF and Cole. Main show, six-man tag team match, we had the dream team of Sting, Darby Allin, and rated R superstar Adam Copeland defeat Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. For the AEW International Championship, Orange Cassidy retains the title by pinning John Moxley. For the AEW Women's World Championship, Timeless Tony Storm with Luther pins Hikaru Shida to win the championship. And now Tony Storm is a three-time AEW Women's World Champion. In the four-way match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, Ricky Starks and Big Bill retain the titles by defeating the other teams of La Faction in Gobernable, 
Roosh and Relistico, FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood, and the Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King. The AEW TBS Championship in a three-way match, your new champion congratulations to Julia Hart as she defeats the recent champion Chris Tatlander as well as Sky Blue to win the title and Chicago's own Sky Blue debuting a new darker look, a different persona for her, new music and everything. Going to be interesting to see where Sky Blue goes with this. And in the Texas Death Match, this was a bloody, brutal war. And Swerve Strickland gets another one up on former AEW World Champion Adam Hangman Page. Swerve wins via knockout. In the semi-main event, the tag team match of the night, we have the Golden Jets of Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho defeating the Young Bucks of Matt and Nick Jackson to win the Bucks' future tag team title shot. And in your main event, the AEW World Championship, MJF with Adam Cole at his side, and Cole returned. And he was actually put into this match for just a brief moment, and we'll get to that in a moment. MJF, though, pins Jay White to retain the title. Now, in the pre-show match, MJF was injured and initially replaced by Cole. But before the match started, MJF was shown driving in an ambulance to the arena and returned to take the match. Crazy stuff right there. And now they're having MJF kind of do like a Stone Cold Steve Austin and return in the ambulance. I love MJF, but I think I don't know about this babyface thing. He's our scumbag, yeah, but... I'd rather boo our scumbag. And also, this week coming up, AEW Dynamite will be in the Chicagoland area as AEW invades Wintrust Arena in Chicago in the South Loop at 7 p.m. Live broadcast on TBS. They'll also be taping Friday night's Rampage show. And Friday night, November the 24th, WWE comes to town with SmackDown at Allstate Arena. That show will air live on Fox at 7 p.m., Channel 32, check it out. And then Saturday morning, November the 25th, bright and early, WWE superstar L.A. Knight will have a meet and greet at the Cricket Wireless, 2650 North Narragansett in Chicago. Meet and greet lasts from 9 to 11. It's recommended you get there early as there will be on-site registration. There will be a limited amount of people that will be able to meet L.A. Knight. So if you want to meet him, you got to get there early with the birds. And then Saturday night, November the 25th, WWE Survivor Series is at Allstate Arena on Peacock and WWE Network. Announced matches so far, and this is everything before Raw aired on Monday as I was recording this before that show ended. And the matches for Survivor Series are as follows. The WWE Intercontinental Championship, Gunther defends against The Miz. And then for the Women's World Championship, Rhea Ripley defends against Zoe Stark. And we have a 5-on-5 Men's War Games match. Double ring, enclosed cage, and just mayhem. We have Cody Rhodes and Seth freaking Rollins. Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, and a participant to be announced. And I'll be damned if it's not Randy Orton. He could be coming back. There are reports out there that he's ready to return. Randy comes back and helps these guys out. What does Randy pull a Randy Orton and RKO somebody at the end of the match to screw them over? Does he screw over Seth? Does he screw over everybody's favorite, Cody Rhodes? 
I guess we'll see. But I'm very excited to see all the different possibilities and potential possibilities. Always with the scenarios, as they said in The Sopranos. And then they're taking on the Judgment Day of Damien Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dominic Mysterio, and J.D. McDonough, and their partner, the newly minted heel, Drew McIntyre. And then in a four-on-four women's war games match, we have Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch taking on the new and improved, the big, bad, and better damage control of Bailey, Asuka, Io Sky, and Kyrie Sane. And then, in a singles match, the LWO explodes. We have Carlito taking on Santos Escobar. Now, turning to local and regional action in the Chicagoland area over the past weekend, I was honored and privileged to be ringside covering SSW's 20th anniversary event at the Broadstop in Kenosha. We were there ringside to cover it and to help us recap everything as well. A special guest this week. We had him on a couple weeks ago. Now he's back. We welcome friend of the show, the punk rock prince, Jordan Cross. Thanks for having me back, Mike. It feels like I was just here. You were. <laughs> and let's get into this crazy show. Over 400 fans came out. Really packed house. 20 years. Great athletes over the years. A lot of homegrown and local talent that we really love to see out of Southeast Wisconsin, Northeast Illinois, the Milwaukee area, the Chicago area, all coming back together to do a terrific, terrific show. Let's get into this card. We start out with the tournament for the SSW Unified Championship. Now, all these different titles went in this match with some of the wrestlers that were in the tournament. And starting out in your quarterfinal, the first quarterfinal, the ice pick Vic Capri pins backwards Brown to win the Midwest Heritage Championship. That was a hell of a hard-hitting match to start the show, Jordan. Yeah, we could hear that one from the back. Big man backwards Brown and the ice pick going back and forth. We could hear the that was a definition of big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the first time I've ever seen backwards uh, pinned in a match live and in person since that guy has like a death grip on that GLCW championship. Death grip, ice pick, it all makes sense. <laughs> yep. But the ice pick came through and won that match and he advanced on in the tournament. And then our second match where the Chicago veteran Shogun Chris Logan against the trifecta champion Xavier Mustafa. And that match ended up going to a double count out where neither guy could answer a 10 count and get to their feet. And with that result, Vic Capri got the automatic buy to the finals. So speaking of big meaty men slapping meat, that was another example of that. Yeah, I've never seen Xavier Mustafa get kicked that hard in the face ever in my life. First time I've ever seen the big man in the ring in person. Just an amazing big man with great agility. Yeah, seeing him come off the top rope with a moonsault's a spectacle. Yeah. And Shogun, obviously, I've seen him wrestle up and down the roads for such a long time. Great dude outside the ring, really hard hitter inside the ring. Yeah, both guys, great guys and great athletes. Then we move on to the next match. And it was a rematch from SSW last October where the cousins of Jordan Cross and Salem Crane went at it. And Jordan, you got the pin with a sneaky little roll up there. I did. That one was... It was interesting because neither one of us really wanted to hurt each other. We didn't want to beat each other up, but both of us wanted to win. And I'm happy to say that I did win, but Crane did give it his all. And uh, I think he deserves a rematch. 
Yeah, and obviously, you guys, the co-holders of the SSW Tag Team Championships, and that will continue on even after this tournament. It was nice being the only people that didn't have to defend our belts in that tournament. Indeed. And then the final quarterfinal match, friend of yours and friend of ours and an adversary of yours over the many, many years, Dave Rydell with his manager, Devin Diamond, pinned the inevitable John Fate and... He won the SSW championship after hitting Fate with the belt behind ref Mark Bitter's back. And this ends Fate's reign as SSW champion of over 1,600 days. Yeah, it was an unprecedented reign by John Fate. However, you know, <laughs> they say win by hook or by crook, and Rydell took that to heart. Yes, he did, and he moved on to a semifinal match against you, which we will get to in just a moment. But first, we had the SNS Women's Championship, where the very talented Brooke Tanner retained the title over young Lily La Pescadita after a roundhouse kick to retain that title. Yeah, great showing by both girls. Uh, both are very uh, relatively new to wrestling and both have bright features ahead of them. Yeah, Brooke is terrific. And it was the first time I got to see Lily in the ring. I know she probably only has about 20 to 25 matches into her right now, but she's been very impressive at some of the companies she's been working at over the last few months. Absolutely. And then we came back from intermission, tournament semifinal, Jordan Cross pins Dave Rydell. And Rydell, of course, had that dastardly Devin Diamond in his corner. And Jordan, you won the SSW Heavyweight Championship for the very first time after a cross cutter and you advanced to the finals and during the ending of the match Rydell again tried to use the belt to win but John Fate came out got revenge for getting screwed over earlier and took the belt away from Rydell to kind of open the door for you to hit that cross cutter and get the victory yeah honestly that it was a surreal moment that was my first singles championship and I beat my first ever opponent for it Dave Rydell was my first opponent at the 15 year anniversary of SSW in my first match ever. And it was just a surreal experience all around. Pretty amazing stuff. So you got to hold that belt for probably about a half an hour, but obviously we will get to that in just a moment. Then we had what we called the final battle, a tag team classic between the express of Ryan Cross and Dr. Jeff Luxon versus hardcore impact of Pauly Tomaselli and hardcore to Craig. And when I heard final battle and I saw your dad in the match, I merely thought of that 1987 somewhat cinematic classic Masters of the Universe movie when Frank Langella as Skeletor told He-Man, let this be our final battle. And that's exactly kind of what I thought of when I <laughs> it ends up in a double pin as, let me check my notes here to make sure I got this right. It was Tomaselli pinning your dad and then Jeff Luxon pinned Hardcore Craig. Mark Bitters made the count. Both guys were counted down. There was a little bit of confusion at first between the teams, but it was ruled a double pin, basically a draw. After the match, the teams hugged it out. You came in, joined the little celebration. Your dad cut a nice promo. And then we had Holly cutting a nice promo. And then Dr. Jeff took the mic and shared some really interesting personal things that happened to him too so really cool kind of close to the heart moment for all you guys in that ring and all those guys really did lay it out on the line for everybody else i think it was exactly what needed to happen for both teams they've been feuding for a better part of a decade from company to company state to state 
And for those of you who don't know, the reason that I wanted to be a wrestler was watching those matches. Uh, that was when I started going on the road with Dad and Jeff. And there's a picture of me holding up their hands in 2017 at SSW when my dad had considered retirement. And that was the exact moment that I had told him I want to be a wrestler. So getting to recreate that picture at this show of all shows really was special. Yeah, it was really awesome. And just to see the, the outpouring of love and emotion and then the crowd just eating it up. It, it was definitely a classic moment for me covering wrestling ringside at this show for that. Yeah, you can say what you want about wrestling, but the uh, the emotion in that room was very real. And then we get to our main event, the tournament final to crown the new SSW Unified Champion. And unfortunately for you, Jordan, Ice Pick Vic Capri pins Jordan Cross after a sliced bread to become the new SSW Unified Champion. So take me through actually wrestling Vic. And this is your first time wrestling him? Second. Second time. Okay. But you did kind of confide in me after our interview last couple weeks ago where you were hoping to wrestle Vic and you got your wish. And it was as physical as you could have ever thought it was. German suplexes, him just throwing you around, you bouncing back and giving it your all against the veteran. So what was it like overall just wrestling him in that match with those stakes? So in 2021, I got the opportunity to wrestle him for GLCW. And I looked so forward to it that during the match, I kind of got lost in the moment. And um, I have always felt, even though if he didn't feel this way, that I had let him down in that match. So this was ultimately a personal redemption from that. Looking to today, though, finding out it was me and Vic in the finals was a very exciting thing for me personally. But also anyone that's ever seen Vic Capri or wrestled Vic Capri or been in the same room as Vic Capri knows that he's a very intimidating human being. <laughs> Being across the ring from him with his resting Vic face is no joke. Yeah, you know, dude, we took it to each other. We wrestled technically. We brawled on the outside. I suplexed him on the floor. I got my face kneed in a couple of times. He jumped off the apron, made cutter on the apron. He hit me with the sliced bread. He hit me with a dragon suplex. We did not hold anything back. There was no love lost between the two of us during that match, but... Ultimately, I got what I wanted. I was happy with the result of earning his respect. Whether or not I defended my title successfully did not matter because I earned the respect of Vic Capri at the end of that match. And that physicalness of that match is just what you expect from Vic Capri anytime anyone goes against him. You can study Vic Capri all you want, but until you're in the ring with him, you do not understand what physicality is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you don't go light after Vic Capri. You got to bring it because if you don't, he will bring it to you. He brought it. Absolutely. Yeah, once again, terrific night. SSW 20, as I call it. SSW's 20th anniversary event. And terrific show. Over 400 fans. And the Cross family and everybody else brought it. It was a great show. Great entertainment. And I thank you and your family for doing everything that they do for me at Windy City Slam. And supporting my product as I support yours. Mike, you've done more for the Midwest wrestling scene than anyone gives you credit for. So we thank you. Jordan, thank you very much. And where can fans find you on social media? Everything is at the Jordan cross. And I think that's it. Check this guy out at Dreamwave on December 9th and the return of the super wrestlers on December 10th in Chicago. Thanks for having me, Mike. And we didn't mention this with Jordan, but 
SSW will return on Friday night, March the 8th at Mahone Middle School with Horsepower 2. This is an event near and dear to Ryan Cross's heart, raising funds for the middle school up in Kenosha. And last year's show was fantastic. And from what I'm hearing, this one could be even better. There are some strong rumors about some really cool talent coming to Kenosha in March of 2024, and stay tuned, as they say in the business. Moving on to this past Friday night, November the 17th, Chicago Style Wrestling season-ending show, Second City Showdown 3, at the American Legion in Franklin Park, and the ice pick Vic Capri had a huge night. He was inducted into the CSW Hall of Fame. A lot of guys from Windy City Wrestling, from back in the day, were there to support him. Really kind of cool to see that. And then Vic proved that he can still go in a major, major way as he outlasted 11 other men to win the Ring of Destiny match to earn a number one contendership shot at the CSW Championship. And what did he do? He cashed in that shot later on in the evening, but Conan Lycan escaped with the title it was a triple threat with Shane Hollister and Vic Capri. Lycan retains, the fans were stunned. They thought it might be it for Vic Capri, but in the business, as they say, stay tuned. There was also a, a terrific CSW Metro Division Championship as well, as Iniestra retains that title over the rising Rafael Quintero and Samurai Del Sol, formerly known as Kalisto in WWE. And in the CSW Women's Championship five-way ladder match, Shelly the Bombshell Benson escapes, retaining the title over Missa Kate, Maggie Lee, Heather Reckless, and Lily La Pescadita. Crazy affair, lots of ladders, lots of high spots, and Vic Capri was telling me this past Saturday night at SSW how brutal this match really, really was. It was a, something to see for sure. And then, Axel Rico returned after several months off because of injury. He defeats Shane Boucher of the Hate Keepers in his return match. And also, congratulations to Joey Jet Avalon and Sierra on winning the CSW Tag Team Championships. And camera guy gimmick Nick Consolvo on social media put up a great post. And I've been wanting to see this match in the Chicago area for the last year and a half or so, we gotta get Joey Jet Avalon and Sierra in the ring against GPA and Laney. That would be so cool. I would just love the heck out of that match. And somebody's gotta put it on, whether it's freelance, whether it's CSW, whether it's a co-op show with somebody, whether it's another promotion in Chicagoland area. Heck, second wrestling could be a good place for it too, Rabbi Fine. And moving on to this past Friday night. November the 17th, ICW Milwaukee presents the Milwaukee Massacre at the Bar in West Allis. And these results, courtesy of friend of the show, High Five Tom of the Midwest Wrestling Roundup. To start it off, we had Jared Jacks defeating CJ Cole with a nasty superkick after some interference from Jason Dukes. And then, Mo Foley, that crazy dude, he defeats Big Steppa Armando Alvarez with a vicious power slam after Armando missed a big top rope elbow. Gunnar Wicks and Sean Priest 
defeat a debuting Rosé St. James and Nell Villinger as Priest spears Rosé out of his boots for the pin. And in another tag team match, we had Dysfunction and Yanni GQ defeating Marvelous Ethan Matthews and Mad Hatter when Dis submits Hatter with the Distamer. And then for the ICW World Championship, the outlaw Zach Hendricks, one half of Country Air and a former Windy City Slam podcast guest, knocks off the Spectre, Jaden Mercer, with a huge Macho Man elbow from the top rope to win the ICW World Championship, and big congratulations to Zach on his first singles championship. And the six-man tag team match, we had Sensei Storm and the Theory of Asian Unity defeat Great Outdoors and Tyler Baggins as Josiah gets the win on Oso Turco with a sweet bridging pin. And then the ICW Midwest Championship, and in a bit of a stunner, Bobby V knocks off Chucky Bates to win the title after some interference from Jason Dukes. And then we had a 16-man over-the-top rope battle royal to help out Papa Dis as, as 16 men went at it fiercely, and it included Jack the Merch Guy, ICW legend Dysfunction, and even ref Jerry Gummo, along with other ICW stars. And in the end, C.J. Cole, the apex athlete, outlasts the field from the number two entrance spot. And then in your main event, the Barbed Wire Massacre, Tommy Trainwreck defeats the ICW alternative champion, Tyler Sullivan, to win the belt in a battle that included light tubes, gusset plates, and of course, barbed wire. And congratulations to the new ICW alternative champ, High Five Tom's close personal friend, Tommy Trainwreck. And a great comeback year for Tommy as well. He had just returned back in January after five years away from the ring. A couple of other highlights to talk about. The Crash Tested Wrestling Crash Giving Show on Saturday night, November the 18th at the Dean and Barbara White Community Center in Merrillville saw the CTW Heavyweight Champion Cody James retained the title over his longtime tag team partner and rival, Chris Miller. Coming up this week, Wednesday, November the 22nd, a big Black Wednesday in the region as ARW presents Black and Blue Wednesday at the American Legion in Lake Station, Indiana. And this will feature the ARW Championship being defended in a 30-minute Iron Man match the Odyssey, JPH, takes on the sharpshooter, James Creed. This has been a feud that's lasted over multiple promotions over the last couple of years. The Odyssey defends the title against the sharpshooter, and we'll see what happens in this one. I'm going with James Creed here, but either one of these guys can walk out with that title. And also Wednesday night, November the 22nd, Janesville Wrestling Alliance presents Thanksgiving Throwdown at the Glen Aaron Golf Club at the Celtic House in Janesville. And this show features Alex Kane versus Myron Reed. Also Wednesday night, November the 22nd, Golly Lucha Libre presents Black Wednesday Bout at the Blue Island Beer Company in Blue Island. And also Wednesday night, November the 22nd, M-I-A-W and Bruce City Wrestling presents Thanksgiving Thunder at the Posiris Club in South Milwaukee. And moving on to Friday night, November the 24th, Legacy Pro Wrestling presents the Black Friday Brawl at Buena Vista Banquets in Milwaukee. And Saturday, November the 25th, 
With Survivor Series in town and a lot of wrestling fans visiting, we have an afternoon with Kevin Nash and Sean Waltman at Joe's Live in Rosemont at 11 a.m. And then a couple of shows on Sunday the 26th, we have Ileana Pro Wrestling at the VFW Post 311 in Richton Park in the afternoon. And later on, toward evening, Gali Lucha Libre presents Gali Por Eros, a benefit show at DuPage Soccer, right over there next to Foreman Mills in Villa Park. All right, coming up next, we welcome a man for the first time making an appearance here on Windy City Slam Podcast, and he'll be part of the AAW Jim Lynham Tournament, and he's also going for championships in both Dreamwave and Rocket Pro Wrestling over the next few weeks. Coming up next, Mike Hartenbauer. Stay tuned. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Cross Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. You can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. Back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. And we welcome for the very first time, I'm very excited about this, a wrestler who's been making some noise in the Chicagoland area and Northeast Illinois. And he's a regular at places such as AAW Pro and Dreamwave. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Hartenbauer. Hey, Mike, how are we doing today? Great. Awesome. Uh, glad to have you on, Mike, uh, for the first time guest. I'm happy to be here. I've been following the podcast for a while now. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Dreamwave. So what you say Dreamwave is your home promotion. You literally mean home as you are from LaSalle. So how does it feel to see Dreamwave kind of rise back from the ashes after sabbatical and come back with sellout crowds like every other month? Uh, it's 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 awesome. Uh, yeah. And when I when I say home and when other people say home, it, I mean, it's it was the first independent that I went to as a fan. I mean, that building right where that ring is in that building is the first place that I, I ran ropes and learned how to take bumps and, and all of that stuff. So, you know, being, being gone for, it was six years. There was, there was a reunion show thrown in there that was kind of going to be the beginning of a comeback, but then the pandemic kind of threw a wrench in those plans. But yeah, coming back at the end of last year, uh, or last summer, even then, I don't think we knew that it was going to catapult into into what it is right now. Because it's, I mean, it's bigger than it ever was. And I mean, the stuff that we were doing in 2015, 2016, towards the end there of that first run was crazy. And now to see what it is, and, and it's still growing, it's it's crazy. 
it's quite a company, and I know Jay has done a great job of bringing in not only local homegrown talent or Midwestern talent, but superstars as well as special guests. It's these are action-packed shows every couple months. Yeah, it's I, I you know, I'm, I'm obviously there's some bias here, but I think Dreamwave is the, like the perfect hybrid like wrestling promotion. There's literally something for everyone. Like if if you you know, if you're a dad bringing your kids and that's another thing too, is, is a lot of times we've been having a lot more kids come to the shows recently. And it's, it's funny because you had these, these parents who they had newborns or two, three, four year olds in 2014, 15, 16. And now they're bringing their 10, 11, 12 year old kids to the shows. And it's just creating a, you know, a new, um, a new fan base for us. But uh, back to my point there, it's, it's, there's literally something for everyone. If you're into Lucha, we've got just the, just the, the best talent in the world. Uh, if you're into, you know, eighties, nineties uh, wrestling, we always have special guests from that era. If you're into your local guys, it's kind of crazy. The amount of talent that's just in the LaSalle Peru area where Dreamwave is located. And then, you know, you've got your local, you know, Midwest indie talent, and then you've got your indie darlings. There, there's, there's something for everyone at Dreamwave. It is a pretty amazing uh, setup there. Uh, you started in this business in in Dreamwave in 2014, correct? Yeah, 2014. Yeah, 2012. I started training, and I actually my the first character, the first time that I was like in matches, there was a uh, little behind the scenes stuff here, uh, but. Um, I played a character named Luther, wore a mask, and that was just kind of a way for me to get comfortable working in front of uh, crowds. And uh, yeah, so it would have been, you know, Hart and Bauer's first matches would have been, you know, 2014, end of 2014. That's Very minimal experience before that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. You kind of worked in the mask. Uh, Storm Grayson kind of came up that way too. Right, right. There's a lot of guys that, that that was kind of how they got their feet wet. Really, really cool. And uh, so with Dreamwave running in your backyard, was that an influence to help you get into the business or was it something else? That was the main, you know, that was the main thing. I'm not that there's a perfect format or a blueprint as to how to get into the business. When I was a kid, I mean, there's there's third grade yearbooks that, you know, that say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wanted to be a professional wrestler. I, I mean, I remember writing letters to Bret Hart when I was like nine, 10 years old. I have no idea where I got an address to send it to, if it was accurate. I I mean, the internet was very kind of new at that time. I'm aging myself a little bit, but I mean, I remember writing letters because I, I don't think I knew that there was independence like around here or wrestling schools within, you know, in the Chicagoland area. So not that it was something that, okay, I'm giving that up or whatever, but I didn't get in until I was in my mid twenties and having Dreamwave there. And I, I want to say they, they just announced that they were doing a seminar, you know, all experience levels, no experience, whatever, come by, try out. And Ali was the first, was the, the trainer that day. And, yeah, I mean, I'd like to say the rest is history, but if you'd have told me that day that I'd still be here almost 12 years later, um, I'm not sure if I would have believed you. 
You mentioned Bret Hart. Now, uh, did you were you able to share that story with Bret when he was at Dreamwave about a month or so ago? You know what? I didn't. I, I did uh, show him a picture of uh, myself and Owen. I went to a house show. Actually, you know what? It might have been. It might have been Raw in. I was like eighth grade, and yeah, we. My buddy's mom knew somebody at the venue and they they did a little meet and greet for us yeah i have this picture of me and owen and i showed it to him because i mean that's just i mean it's just crazy so yeah we shared a nice moment over that and but no i didn't tell him about the the letter that i wrote that (laughs) that he probably definitely did not get yeah owen was a great guy i never got to beat him myself but just by watching him perform and then some of the stories people tell about him about being the, the river and being the family yeah. man, the nice guy a guy I really would have loved to have seen become world champion yeah absolutely absolutely now going back to Dreamwave, uh it could be a dream come true for you as you'll be gunning for the Dreamwave championship when you face the champion old evil christian rose at good as gold on saturday december the 9th at the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle. This show is already sold out, so if you're looking for a ticket, you're out of luck, but you can still catch it on IWTV. So if you do have a ticket, what do you expect out of Old Evil Christian Rose and Hartenbauer for that championship? Well, you know, this has kind of been building here for a, for a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, his his little group of, of coyotes have been a thorn in my side. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think you can probably expect to, to see them, but, uh, you know, I think I'm ready for that at this point, but, but I imagine, um, it'll be very physical and, you know, that this will be the first time that I've competed for the Dreamwave championship mm-hmm. in a singles match. So I'm going to pull out all the stops and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you're going to be completing a gauntlet, so to speak, with those damn Coyotes from over the last few months in this match. And another interesting fact, I was doing my research, you and Waylon as Spears and Beers won the Dreamwave Tag Team Championships from Christian Rose and Matt Cage in January of 2016. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's kind of crazy, like the layers, if if you do your research and if you um, dive into that stuff. Uh, yeah, I know... You know, that first run of Dreamwave when Christian Rose came around, there were very few people that pinned him. And by that, I mean maybe one or two. And I had won uh, this show coming up in December is is Good as Gold. I had won the 2015 Good as Gold Rumble, which if any viewers aren't familiar, it's essentially a Royal Rumble where the winner gets a briefcase that's essentially a money in the bank type briefcase and at the time there was tension between a faction and basically team dreamwave and and i had cashed in with with whalen and we won the tag titles um, which i don't think has been seen very few times in pro wrestling especially at that time i think those those money in the bank type deals were always cashed in on uh on the 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 main titles Mm -hmm. so that was something that you know i was pretty proud of and that run as well. All right. So you've also been an integral part of AAW Pro as part of the Bravo family with AAW Pro champion Davey Vega, 
Sabotage Sean Logan, a.k.a. HBJ Hartenbauer Jr., Big Beef Nalls Garvin, per a stipulation recently, and, of course, Johnny Bravo. What had that been like for you? Believe it or not, that's probably one of that, – that might be the thing that I'm most proud of, you know, in, in my uh, in my time in wrestling. Uh, when, when Dreamwave stopped running in – December of 2016, their owner, uh, Jay, had kind of offered up the town to a couple different promotions. You know, something really special was built in this town, and he just really didn't want it to, to, to just anybody to come in and start running shows and kind of leech off of, off of Dreamwave's success. So he kind of wanted to leave the town in good hands, and AAW took him up on that offer and ran... I want to say 16 or 17 shows at the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle. And when they had asked Jay, you know, Hey, you know, we're, we're from Chicago. We're from an hour and a half away. Is there any, you know, any of your guys that we need, you know, that we really need to keep on. We have our own crew. We have this, we have that. And, and Jay said, you, you probably want to keep Hartenbauer around. And I'm sure there were some closed door conversations that, you know, he doesn't really fit the AAW style at, at that time. But they kept me around. I only worked the LaSalle shows. I had a few notable matches um, that I'm proud of. But when it was time for them to wrap up in LaSalle, it was like, okay, well, keep working and maybe we'll 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 talk down the road. So after the the pandemic, when AAW decided to uh, start running shows again, by that time, you had several people that were were signed. They're going to AEW. They're they're a lot of their big talent went to NXT. Guys retired. Guys, you know, they they didn't know wh- what the future of AAW was. So like, oh well, hey, let's let's reach out to Hardenbauer. We're not guaranteeing you anything, you know, but we we trust you. You're you're hardworking. At that point, I had been working uh, a few different promotions and just getting more experience and more repetitions. They, they put me with Bravo on one of those first or two first or second shows back. And we, we had a really good chemistry. We kind of clicked and, and I don't think he only had that one date, which is kind of crazy to think about. He was just, just there. He had some history with, uh, with Danny Daniels, you know, and that's one of those things. I don't want to sit here and say the rest is history because there's, there's so much there to dive into but that would have been April of 2021 and nobody saw where, where that was all going. Um, We didn't know at the time. And then once we, we brought Vega into the fold and it's just, just seeing what it's turned into. I mean, if you look up and down the last year and a half of AAW shows, our, our thumbprints are all over it from, from the, the pre-show, to the main show all you know just from top to bottom we're kind of all over it so i'm I'm really really proud of that now you kind of had to build yourself a little bit on the alive shows and then you got to be on the main shows for a while then you were kind of like the big uh heavy muscle for davy and then you got to defend davy's heritage title for a little bit and then you actually won the heritage championship in a finger poke of doom moment I assume you know what that's referring to, right? Of course, of course. Well, they, you know, the <laughs> Vega, you know, he, he's a workhorse, but they're making him defend that title. And 
you know, he, he can't be he can't be having big heavyweight fights and then worried about the heritage title. And so they wanted him to defend both titles. So he did defend the heritage title against me. And, and you know, and I won that. And then they uh, they decided that wasn't good enough either. So I had to defend that. And yeah, I'll, I'll get that title back, though. Yeah. Levi Everett uh, came out. He won that title. A fan favorite. People love him. Uh, a lot of beards going on in that match between you and him. And uh, he, he walked away with that title. I know you're probably got a goal to get that back at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you've got coming up Friday, December the 1st, AEW is back at the Bruin Eagles Club with the Jim Lynham Memorial Tournament. And on that show, Davey Vega will defend the AAW Championship against the swag champ, Ren Jones, who won that Battle Royal last month. And at this time, we're also waiting to see who's going to be in the Lineham Tournament, waiting for the field to be announced. So what would it be like for you to be in the tournament and to possibly win it? That that tournament, if you look over the years, is, is one of the biggest tournaments in independent pro wrestling. You know, if if not the biggest, especially in the Midwest. And the, the names that have, have been in that tournament over the years, you know, to, to, to be able to be in that would be an honor. Um, I didn't, I never met Jim, but I've heard, you know, really good things. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me last year. You know, I worked on that show. I wasn't in the tournament last year, but and I don't, I don't recall what I did on, on that show. Um, or that that weekend, it was two shows last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a few people reach out to me. They were like, you know, he he would have really really liked you, and and you hearing that kind of stuff really makes me feel good. Um, so it, it would be an honor to be in the tournament this year, for sure. Yeah, and ironically, last year's winner, Narles Garvin, is now part of the Johnny Bravo family. <laughs> yes, yes, we we've got him for a. For, oh, about four more months, uh, con- contractually speaking. Yeah, he seems like, I don't know if he's fitting into that whole group dynamic as the fans are still cheering him and he's kind of still doing some things on his own. He's kind of freelancing a little bit. So uh, what do you guys got to do to try to rein him in a little? Well, his thing right now is he thinks that he he works for the people, but uh, those fans, they uh, they don't pay the bills uh, necessarily he, he's working for the Bravo family now so I think the the sooner he realizes that the better it'll make his time with us a lot easier <laughs> and speaking of the lineup last year I believe through my research and if I'm recalling this correctly you did a couple of a live shows with good old HBJ sabotage <laughs> that that sounds right that sounds right um and yeah now that my my mind is moving a little bit Vega was in the tournament against he was supposed to originally wrestle mike bennett it turned into a triple threat on night one i believe with ace perry and um that was essentially the beginning of my feud with mike bennett Mm -hmm. at aaw because we went into the windy city classic which last year was thanksgiving weekend and we did our bourbon street fight so Yes. My memory is not as bad as I think. <laughs> now, what's it like to kind of work with your own personal mini me and sabotage Sean? Now, we, we had him on the show a few months ago and he's a really cool dude. So uh, what's it like to work with uh, Sean Logan? He's great. You know, the first couple of times I met him, 
he made me feel old. He's like, oh, I used to come to Dreamwave. And yeah, I remember watching you wrestle at Dreamwave. So sometimes I forget, you know, that I'm I'm a little older. And, and, you know, these kids that come into the business now, they're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. You know, so he's telling me when he's, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, he, he was like watching me wrestle. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> it's making me feel really old. But yeah, we had wrestled a few times. And then uh, I got tired of beating him up. So I said, well, you know what? You can take all these beatings. Why don't you uh, come join us? And the, the whole dynamic of the Bravo family is, um, you know, we can be serious. Uh, we can be funny. You know, Vegas just like such a good wrestler. But there's just these little things that he does that are just so good. You know, and I, I'm just, you know, you might get serious for me i i can be funny sometimes too but then just these hardcore elements where you can put me in any match and you don't know you don't know what's going to happen i mean we've we've had fans bring the weapons matches double dog collar matches the street fights and, and bravo is just you know if, if i didn't if he wasn't my guy i he would he would annoy me <laughs> i mean he is really really good at that i mean the some of the reactions that he gets, I mean, it's, it's crazy, but there's times where I'll, I'll catch myself. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm going to laugh. Like it's, it's a really good dynamic between all of us. And I think, you know, if, you know, some people didn't realize, you know, if, if Sean was going to fit in or how long he would fit in and he's been there with us for a, a good year and a half now of this run. Now something else to watch out for with, Mr. Hartenbauer here, you're fighting for another championship when you square off with a familiar face at Wild Child Connor Hopkins for the Rocket Pro Wrestling Outer Limits Championship at RPW's Christmas Chaos on Saturday, December 2nd at St. Joseph Park in Joliet. And you recently made your debut at RPW. So what do you think of that environment? And of course, you're in it with the Coyotes again. Yeah, of course. I just can't get away from those guys. And Connor Hopkins and I have were kind of attached at the hip uh, a lot of places over the last few years. We've wrestled each other in Minnesota, in Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, pretty much everywhere in the Midwest. And he seems to always have titles that I'm that I'm chasing after. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, I, I debuted at Rocket in uh, I want to say it was September, and I I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the atmosphere really like a full building good crowd and it's still and it's close to home so it was it was it was really nice um but yeah no i'll, I'll be there december 2nd and i'm going to try to take another title away from connor hopkins yeah and rocket pro it's just such a great atmosphere they're so well produced well organized with their shows uh from show to show they have storylines they carry over they also bring in some bigger names and bringing you in over the last couple of months kind of a big deal too so Rocket Pro is definitely an enjoyable uh, experience, and they're a lot like, in most ways, like AAW and Dreamway, as they as they both have outstanding production values as well. Yeah, I'm I'm big on that. You know, there's there's some some companies. You know, I know it's it's not easy. You know, it's it's expensive to produce high quality uh, content like that, but it it is a content business. So it's it's really nice when you see great camera work, um, great lighting, you know, entrances, uh, effort being put into music and 
just all of that stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm really big on that. I'm really big on all of the behind the scenes stuff in pro wrestling. I would like to say that I could wrestle, you know, for forever, but you know, when, when, when I'm not able to do that anymore, I know that I, I really care about the behind the scenes stuff um, and production and content and all of that. And being able to work for places like that, especially that close to home, it, it's, that's something that, that I value and it's important to me. And you just mentioned taking titles from Connor Hopkins. You had something like a 15 month long reign as Zawa champion. And ironically enough, you beat Hopkins for that title. So you guys definitely go back a long way. We do. We do. Um, yeah, that would have been 2021. And he had actually had a 400 and some day reign before I defeated him and ended up with upwards of 500 days. So yeah, we've we've been going back and forth for a few years. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, scrapping with him again on the second. And you had this short but really intense rivalry with Cody James for that Zawa championship. And I believe there was a video out there. I saw a spot where someone went into a swimming pool. So what was the story behind that? Yeah, we... Um... Our first match ended, unfortunately, in a double countout. Neither of us were able to uh, get up. I think I speared him on the outside of the ring. It was pretty ugly. Neither of us were able to uh, to get up after that one. So we did a last man standing match. It just so happened that the the venue had a had a pool. So as as things go in in pro wrestling, uh, of course we we found ourselves over near that pool and. I speared him into the pool and uh, it, it wasn't a last man swimming match. So that was not the end of the match, but I, I was able to uh, come out on top of that one as well. That was pretty incredible. I remember seeing the video for that and it, it was hilarious. Was that Profitstown, the rec center? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Funny stuff right there. And uh, you had a, a really good run with Zawa as well. Yeah. Um, that's another run that I'm really proud of because, you know, once you know, I wasn't working for AAW after, you know, they had moved out of LaSalle. Dreamwave wasn't running. The pandemic happened. I th I was really very, very sparingly wrestling. So I think I was just doing maybe a one-off here and there for Zawa. And then, the, you know, the pandemic happened. And really out of that, they they once they started running their shows again, that's where I was getting most of my repetitions at. So, so Zawa is uh, very, very important to me because I don't know that I would be, you know, I don't think that I would be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for, for them running close to home and, and bringing me in and then, uh, you know, getting into that storyline with Hopkins and then going on that run really kind of propelled me to some other places uh, and some, some other opportunities. So you've been doing this for like a decade now. So what goals do you have at this point, other than obviously winning those titles that you're competing for over the next couple of weeks or so? It's kind of crazy, like when I think about how long I've been doing this, but I can I can kind of pinpoint two different points where, you know, that first, I really feel like I've been doing it like, like I can sit here and say, hey, I'm a pro wrestler. But there was a time over those 10 years where I wouldn't sit there and say, oh, I'm a pro wrestler. You know, I mean, now, I mean, I'm the last, you know, three years, I've been wrestling 50, 60 matches a year. So I'd like to continue to do that. 
I'd like to continue making just really good connections in the business. I'd like to work in some, you know, some other states, generally just kind of in the Midwest. I mean, I, I've, I've wrestled in Texas, Florida, you know, I, for the most part, though, I, I, you know, I'd like to start branching out a little bit more. There's wrestling everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's um, so it's it's cool that, you know, I've made a, a little name for myself in Illinois and, you know, parts of the Midwest. But I'd like to continue to branch out and, and do that elsewhere. And just I, I just want to have fun, too. It's one of those things where it's like if I'm not having fun with it, I, I'm, I'm just I'm going to check out because it's 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 a really tough business. It's mm-hmm. it's it's hard on your body. Uh, it's hard mentally. You know, it's not all glory and and sometimes there's money and sometimes there's not. So it's it's one of those things where it's like that stuff I know, but I'd, I'd really like to just keep having fun with it. And from a personal standpoint, the the Dreamwave Championship is is kind of that that one for me that you know because I I can remember where I sat the first time I went to a Dreamwave show. I bought a ticket. I can remember where I sat. I can remember who was on the show. So all these years later to say, well, I have a chance to win the Dreamwave Championship. Winning that w- is probably the biggest personal goal. All right, Mike, before we let you go, go ahead and plug your social media and upcoming events and where fans can get merchandise if you have it. Yeah, absolutely. Saturday, November 25th, I'll be out in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota at Pro Wrestling Battleground. December 1st and 2nd, I'll be at AAW and Rocket Pro. And then December 8th and 9th, uh, we have our big Dreamwave shows. Uh, We have an all-women's show on the 8th. And I'll be there helping a lot, uh, helping just kind of with everything on that show for the most part. And then the 9th, we've got Good as Gold that you can watch live on IWTV. December 16th, I'll be out at Homegrown Wrestling in Thompson, Illinois. And to finish the year, I'll be at Fourth Wall Wrestling in Milwaukee and AAW on uh, December 30th. So, yeah, those are the places that you can catch me the rest of the year on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at M. Hartenbauer, at M. Hartenbauer 34. And then I have a Pro Wrestling Tees store. That's just ProWrestlingTees.com slash Hartenbauer. Mike Hartenbauer, thank you so much for coming on. And we're looking forward to seeing your career even grow even further as you continue over the next year or two. Mike, thanks for having me. Awesome conversation with Hartenbauer. And we just learned as we were recording this show, but after we interviewed Mike late last week, that he will indeed be part of the Jim Lynham Tournament on December 1st at the Bourbon Eagles Club. And that's really awesome for a guy that's really been building and building in the area over the last few years. And now he's getting a golden opportunity at the Lynham for AAW. All right, next week we're going to look back at Survivor Series and preview a big weekend of action for AAW, GLCW, Power Entertainment, and Rocket Pro Wrestling. Plus, we welcome back the promoter for Second Wrestling, Rabbi Jeremy Fine, and we'll preview Second in Command and talk two years of Second Wrestling. You can catch all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.